Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I am an Irish bog person at a cellular level. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Go outside and play and don't come back until six o'clock. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Our house was designed by a maniac. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. We're all going to go off like swinging our basket into the woods to pick blackberries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, uh-oh, it's summer. It's really happening. Yes. It's what we've longed for, and now it's what we <laughs> dread somehow. We don't know right. why that happens every year. We're like, please come summer. We love you. And then you arrive and we're like, you're hot and there's too much to do. We don't like you, as it turns out. We're living that that old saying, be careful what you wish for, because yeah, it's here. Yeah. It reminds me of being a freelance writer and your whole life is like, please, please, I need a job. I need to get a job, a job. I'll do anything for a job. And then you get a job and you're like, wait a minute, jobs stink. I hate writing. It's horrible. I can't summer do this. is much the same. It's just like, wait a minute. I'm sweaty. I don't like it. Why do we have to go to the pool again? Yikes. Yep. Well, today it's going to be a little fetching, a little, uh, some advice, and just some commiseration. That's what I have to offer you today. I'm ready. I'm very much ready for the convention. Today, first, we have perhaps my favorite mailbag ever. And that's really saying something because I love all our mailbags. That's really saying something. Oh, yes. Wait a minute. Time for mailbag. Wait, wait. wait yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the mailbag. All our mailbags are my favorites, but this is my favorite. But this is like our children. But there's right. one who did something extraordinary today. We love them all equally, but one really stood out on this special day. And I think you will all agree with me when you when you hear this full mailbag. So Allie, Allie wrote in to say, I want to thank you so much for accompanying me through the last nearly four years of motherhood plus pandemic. Thoughts and prayers, Allie. Thoughts and prayers. Allie says, my first son was three months old in March 2020. And my second son was born in the summer of 2021, right when we were all vaccinated and thought we were in the clear. Thought it was done, didn't you, Allie? Nope. Surprise, surprise. Allie said the term third quarter phenomenon, which we talked a lot about back then, got her through that. She says, my early motherhood has been steeped in so much solitude, but through it, I've been able to listen to you two speak exactly what I'm feeling right at the moments I've felt most alone. Somehow your episodes have always come at the right time for me. 
She says, Margaret's phrases like, that's just not interesting to me, and this can't be fixed, have come in handy. (laughs) That's really my lawyer Mark's phrase, to be fair. This can't be fixed. We stole it. As well as Amy's pain in the gap and the lady said. <laughs> and guys, like this is already my favorite mailbag, but now so much that my kids are in on it, which brings me to the point of this mailbag, says Allie. My sons, three and a half and two, have gotten so used to hearing what fresh hell in the car that they now ask something very specific when they get in the car. So, Margaret, I'm going to play for you what Allie's two-year-old son Thomas requests when he gets in his car seat. Listen to the ladies. <laughs> Wait, okay. why can't I'm, I used to speak to your old Amy, but I'm having a little trouble. His voice is adorable. But what did he say? He said he wants to listen to the ladies, as in listen to the ladies, as in you and me. We're the ladies. Oh, he, all right. Play it again. Now that I know what he said. He requests that. Listen to the ladies. Oh, Thomas wants to listen to the yes. ladies. Right. I mean, it gets better. It gets better. It cannot get better. I defy you and deny you. So Thomas has a three and a half year old brother named James. His older brother, if Allie might put on a different podcast when she gets in the car, why would she ever? But if she ever did that, then explore the back catalog, please. Come on. Right. Right. Then her older son makes this very special request. All right. What's your name? James. What do you love to do in the car? I love listening to you, Amy and Mocha. <laughs> I mean, I love these children and I would like to adopt them as my own. Our work here is done. He likes to listen to Amy and Margaret. I wish my own children loved us as much as Allie's children loves us. I know. I know. Thank you so much for sending that in. That is absolutely like it made my decade to know that. Thomas and James are listening. Hi, Thomas and James. You guys are awesome. (laughs) Be nice to your momsies. Yeah. Have a great day to Thomas and James specifically. I hope the rest of you have a good day, but not until Thomas and James are having a good day. Good morning to Thomas and James only. That's right. Yes. Or first and foremost, at the very least. Well, are Thomas and James going to have a good summer? That's the question we're going to tackle. I mean, they have such a great parent. Yeah, I can't imagine it's not going to be bliss. I think the reason that we're dreading summer. Sure. I'm going to come in hot here. Hot take for you. It's because the end of the year is so is so stressful. And so we think like, oh, my God, I can't handle summer when really what we the first thing we can't handle is the last two weeks before summer, like the concerts and the this and the special week and the teacher appreciation and the breakfast and the other breakfast and the places to be the build up to summer is really what we're right now being like, I can't take this anymore. Now, I just recently saw a video from the Holderness family, famous, you know, internet comedy legends, the Holderness family. Yes, yes. And their video was called Maysember. And so they have dubbed May, Maysember, because it's like everything that's bad about December, but no presents and no gifts and no Christmas. It's just (laughs) all the like stuff and concerts and stuff you have to do and planning and getting ready. But then it just ends. There's no like big final event. I was like, that's insightful, Maysember. And at least in December, like you're guaranteed that sort of one day... One evening and the next day when most things are going to be closed and when the general expectations (laughs) are that you will power down, right? At least nobody has to go to work on the 25th. No. Yeah, no, that's not happening. No. And I will say for myself, it's in fact June-sember. Like May is a tough month, but... June or my kids don't get out of school until the 24th of June. And so it's like, it's not even May. We go all the way. Like my sister-in-law's kids get out 
in early May. Right. Like already out. Yeah. Long time. No, we're rolling all the way into June. Late June is where we've got to get to. I'll tell you, that is my like what fresh hell is summer. So my oldest kid has been home from college for like three weeks already. And my next person is graduating from high school in the next week. But even that kid, like, well, you're graduating from high school in early June. So there's no reason for us to really like make you do anything after you know, early May, which I get it. There isn't. They're into college, like high school is over. But I have two big kids who have summer jobs, but summer, quote unquote, doesn't start until June. And so I feel like May, when your kids are done in May, but summer isn't supposed to start until June, there is this weird sort of hammock period of nothing where you've got like cranky kids around all the time. Well, I feel like we had Easter early this year and I'm always done after Easter break. I'm like, okay, we're done. And then it's like, oh my gosh, we have <laughs> done, done with what? Done worrying about stuff? Like everything, school and everything. I'm like, okay, the end of Easter break to me is mentally the end of the year. Like almost there. Spoiler alert. It's not at all. Like now we're just beginning concerts and we have regents exams in New York, which is basically my whole life is studying for the earth science regions right now. If you want to know anything about the porosity of clay, please hit me up. I've got a lot to say about it right now. Are they not done yet? I feel like these regents exams have been hanging over your head for quite some time. No, not until mid-June, mid-June. And it's all just like, it feels like this march from the end of Easter break, which was early this year, until July, frankly. (laughs) It's the end of June. It all feels to me after Easter break like it should be that last week of June where it's like, okay, you're going on your class trip here. Here's a water bottle and some sunscreen. Off you go. Let's not really worry about anything. And I'm still high in the middle of we need to get your French grade up before the end of June because you've got like a 72. And my kids are in that march of like, well, it's kind of almost the end of the year. So let's just have like a couple of reasons for you to be in the building and a couple of dinners and events and just kind of hang out for the next couple of weeks. It is very hard. I have a theory about this. I like why summer is hard and why the end of the year is hard, right? Why the end of the year is hard is way too much structure. There's just way too much going on. I love an Amy theory. Hit me, please. Right? Now, is there's way too much going on. And we'll talk about that. We have actually a listener question about this very topic. But we, we're in a moment of that, or some of us are coming out of that moment if our kids are out of school already. And then we're about to head into the not structured enough, like cranky kids who are saying they're bored 45 minutes into summer vacation, right? That's it. They're opposite problems. And I think both too much structure, especially for little kids can be hard, you know, too many expectations and also absolutely none. Like to flip the switch like that is hard for actually everybody involved. And speaking for late school year East Coasters, I'm still trying to put kids down to bed when it's light outside. (laughs) Like, I'm like, all right, off to bed. It's a busy school day tomorrow. And they're like, the sun is still up. Like, we're literally playing outside right now. So there's a sleep expert. His name is Dr. Adam Spira. And he explains that sunlight synchronizes our circadian rhythms. That's why everybody gets, you know, seasonal affective disorder to one extent or another in the winter. We're not getting enough sunlight. And this time of year, we're all of a sudden getting like a lot of sunlight, maybe too much. And he says that at this time of year... Even though it's fun to be able to be outside after dinner and go do things at night and leaving for the dance recital and it's still perfectly late outside, all that kind of thing, that that exposure to more light that close to bedtime reduces the amount of restful sleep that 
all of us, including our kids, are getting at night, that we're a little thrown off by too much sunlight. So the sunlight at this time of year is too much of a good thing, or can be, and that, on top of 150,000 places to be, leads to our old friend, restraint collapse. So we actually had a listener about this. (laughs) Sylvia, she wrote in to say, is it normal for post, she called it post-restraint collapse. I think it's usually called like after-school restraint collapse. It doesn't matter. We know what we're talking about. It's they come through the door, they are a puddle crying about nothing as soon as they walk in from school. Is it a normal phenomenon, Sylvia says, for this to massively spike at the end of the school year? We have one and a half weeks left, and my first grader is melting down over everything. My patience is being highly tested. And so I would say, yeah, it is. One, because there's 18,000 poetry breakfasts, and then also it's the extra sunlight and and everybody's a little thrown off. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like it should be school. I mean, it doesn't feel like it should be school. When I go to pick up my kids, there's something about the kids pouring out of school and they're all in shorts and T-shirts and they're like, it feels summery. And then it's like, you have a French quiz tomorrow. I don't know. They just it doesn't go together. It's like a mental trick. Laura, who is another one of our listeners, she actually responded to Sylvia and she had some really good advice. I thought so I wanted to give this a shout out. She is Laura, both a retired special ed teacher and a mom of two kids who are neurodivergent. So she knows whereof she speaks. Hit us, Laura. Come on. She says at this time of year, you got to keep things really low key at home, but still keep a routine these last few weeks of school, which makes the transition sort of bearable. She says that something else that might be coming into play is feeling sad and angry and confused about the school year ending, that there might be feels about these things. Oh, for sure. And I do think that like change is hard. I have uh, one of my guys has a May birthday as well thrown in the mix. And then it's like there were a lot of tears yesterday at my house. And I think part of it is like, It feels like a time of change that you feel you should be excited about, but you feel scared of change and change is hard. And one of my kids just made a point of going over and visiting the teachers from his old school. The schools are all close together. The grammar, middle and high school are all like on the same basic campus block. And I think it is this feeling of like misty watercolor memories. Oh, how the years go by. There is something about like another year done It can feel satisfying and good and exciting, but it also feels like a big change, which, of course, feels a little bit scary and different and upsetting. Totally. A thing for older kids. I just read that isn't about this, but it's totally about this. There's a guy named Lawrence Steinberg. He studies mostly adolescents and young adults, and he wrote a book about the empty nest syndrome. He studied people with mostly from the parents' point of view. And the part that really stuck with me is that really when we talk about like the empty nest and how hard it is, it's the emptying nest. It's the, oh my gosh, my youngest is going off to college in the fall or is starting a new job or whatever. And then I'm going to have an empty nest. That's actually the hard part. That's deep. I get that. Right. Then like October, like everything feels fine and we're in a new place and it's all good. But like, oh my gosh, what is this change going to be like is actually the hardest part of change. And so it makes sense to me that this first grade that tracks as the kid says, yes, what's it going to be like on the third floor next year? I'm not sure I can handle it. And then of course it's fine. Yeah. And it's very visceral, I think. 
think like the loud, busy school that then sits empty for months, like, and then you come back. It's, there's something very like, uh, you know, there's a reason why they put the like sad music in movies over the like changing seasons when people are getting older and things are changing. Like there is something very visceral about that kind of change that I don't think I had really clocked until we talked about it right now, which is why you're a genius, Amy. All right. We're going to take a break. We can come back when we get ready for summer. Let's do this. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. All right, let's get ready, Amy. I have some good news for you guys. It's going to be a really hot summer this year. <laughs> um, this is not good for me because I live in a house that does not have a functional air conditioning system. And uh, wow. You have like window units or, or like... Well, our house was designed by a maniac, let's just say. And every time anyone... We had someone come to look at the HVAC or whatever it's called, the air conditioning system of the house... And they were basically like, this can't be fixed. Like the vents were all put in the wrong direction. The floorboards, it's heat and air, which apparently like they don't do anymore because heat rises and cool air. And then it's got, it's like high ceilings kind of, it's a crazy house. And 
So he basically said, this can't be fixed. Like you're basically, if you run this central air, you are cooling like your ankles and that's it. And so your head's always going to be hot. Like it can't be fixed. And so we put a window unit in my bedroom because I, I mean, princess alert, but like the only thing I just can't sleep when I'm hot, I get crazy. Like I like to be, as we know from listening to the podcast, cozy in the cold. Yes. But hot me is not something you want to see. I am an Irish bog person at a cellular level. I am not meant to be hot. And so we spend a significant portion of our summer in Texas because that is where my husband is from. And I have tried to train myself out of the habit because I realize it is annoying to the people around me. But I say I'm hot like 350 times a day. And I have, you know, by choice, gone to the hottest place on earth in the summertime. But I don't do great with the heat, Amy. And so finally, my husband was like, well, you know, if we just run the AC and then we keep the windows open, like there's a breeze. I'm like, I don't want to hear about the breeze anymore. I'm hot and it's not going to end well. And so we put a window unit in my bedroom and then there's nowhere else a window unit could go. So our house is just hot. So we spend a lot of the summer. We try to be outdoors, but I do not. I like to live in like a refrigerator box if I could, but I don't have that luxury. So you're really messing with me with this hot summer. And there's something about saying you're hot that does absolutely nothing. I mean, nobody has ever been. No, it just annoys people. Fractionally cooler by expressing how hot they are. But there's an impossible. I don't want to tell myself too much, but let's just say I ruined a, a lovely moment with somebody I love recently. Right. A, a nice, you know, gentle embrace by being like, oh, God, it's so hot. <laughs> I had to apologize. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have ruined the moment by saying I was hot, but I had to. I was hot and I had to tell you because that will do absolutely nothing. But you, it's like you can't not express it in the moment. Yeah. And it is one of those things. Dr. Becky, I was just re-listening to her episode because we were doing a best of with her. And she was saying that like treating, like using the example of treating our spouse different than we treat our children. The spouse wants her to get some water and she's like, uh, sure, I'll get it. And then a kid wants to get, well, you are perfectly capable of getting your own water. That like the way you treat things differently. I am extremely intolerant of my children complaining. And yet I really do enjoy complaining. Like I'm always like, you're not making anything better by complaining about it. We're all feeling the same. And yet my ability to get to Texas and say I'm hot 300 times a day, like you'll pry it away from me and it won't be pretty. I have an image. I'm going to put it a link to it in the show notes because you guys can't see it right now. But I want to walk through it with you because it gets like worse. It's a disturbing image. You should put a trigger warning on it. No matter where you are in the country this summer in the U.S., not everybody listening is is in the United States. We know that like about 10% of people listening are not from the United States. Hello to everyone. Hi, friends. Hi, international friends. Hello to everyone. I hope it's cooler there. And for some of those people, it's not even summer. So just pause this episode until six months from now. Save this for six months from now. But I just wanted to let you know that, Margaret, if you're going to spend time in the Northeast United States, like I am this summer, it will be scorching dry there this summer in the Northeast. Okay. 
not you, looking forward to it. We'll be spending time here. If you go to Texas, uh, in the southeast is going to be sweltering with tons of thunderstorms. That's the forecast that for right. summer. Except for not sweltering. I would say sweltering to me seems muggy. Where I go in Texas, it's like surface of the sun and then occasional thunderstorms. Well, that'll be the southwest where it's going to be sizzling arid this summer. Yeah. Te- the place I go in Texas is sizzling arid meets absolutely frightening thunderstorms. Like those are the only two weather patterns that I've ever seen in the summer. Then you move up into like, you know, Nebraska, Colorado, sort of the the Midwest there, the northern tier. It's going to be broiling wet. (laughs) Broiling wet is the greatest term because, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then in sort of like Michigan, Indiana, it's going to be warm to hot, soggy. That meteorological term, warm to hot, soggy. I'm surprised the East Coast is getting scorching dry because I think of hot, soggy as that's a New York right. summer to me. It's like because the Texas folks are always like, well, there's no humidity. That's the big like statement made by all Texans. And I'm like, not humid has left the building. Like it is. I am on the surface of the sun. My eyelashes have broiled off my face. Like the fact that it's not humid, I don't know what role that is supposed to be playing for me at this point. I don't have any eyebrows left. I'm going to posit that it's the same instinct that makes us say, like, I'm hot when we're hot, as if that's going to help anything. It makes us say, like, but it's not humid. It's a dry heat. It's, it's a dry, dry heat. heat. It's a dry heat. Yeah. And like, okay, maybe. Equally unhelpful. Maybe. I am still... We go to this lake in Texas and... You know, it's, you know, 195 degrees and then you go out to the dock and you're like, the lake and you jump in and the lake water is like 84 degrees. So it's just like I'm slightly colder, like I'm tepid. I'm in like a bath that I let sit for too long. If you live in like Oregon and Washington, you're going to have average temperatures and dry at this summer. So. Okay, so we're all, I think that what we've learned is we're all moving to Washington and Oregon. We're all moving to the. Pacific Northwest for the summer. And this is a farmer's almanac, guys. So, I mean, I don't know how they make these predictions, but aren't they always, always correct? Farmer's almanac? They don't miss. I'm not sure. It's either always correct or never correct. I can't remember which one. Well, that doesn't sound that fun. No, it doesn't. So does that mean, so you've got to give more structure to your kids in the summer, I would argue. Like the more structure you can create, even if it's a whiteboard in the kitchen, like 12 to 2 is outside time and then it's tacos for dinner. Like just a little bit of that, as we all learned during the pandemic, is is very helpful. It just gives all of us, including us, something to sort of latch on to. But it's harder to have kids sort of have on as the weather gets like weirder and intenser. It's, it's harder to just be like, go outside and play and don't come back until six o'clock, I think. Yeah, it's not impossible. Those kids are hardy. Just send them out there and let them get soggy wet. It's fine. Just keep saying, I'm hot, I'm hot, I'm hot. That'll help. Just keep saying, I'm hot, and (laughs) keep screaming, go outside, go outside, and that will be your whole summer done and dusted. No, I mean, now my kids are older, which comes with its own challenges because it's more the battle against screens. I definitely remember when I had a two, three, and five-year-old that... I just was constantly like buying things like water tables and like kinetic sand, like anything chalk, like anything to be an activity. Those days are so long when you have little kids. I'm also now a working parent. When my kids were little, I stayed at home with them and I was freelance writing, but I didn't have a lot of jobs. So it wasn't that hard. But those summer days can really stretch on. I mean, 
And then we had a couple of years. Our town has a camp that pretty much mirrors the school schedule. And so for a couple of years, my kids went to the town camp and then we just basically stayed on the school schedule, which was great for me. And then, you know, the town camp is lovely, but it's not exactly, you know, horseback riding through the dells. You know, it's like you go to the town pool and then they like have a guy do a magic show in the afternoon. It's not exactly, you know, it's not the most exciting camp. And as my, and who are the counselors, like teenagers of local teens? Yeah. Like the teenagers of the town. It's a classic like town camp. And as they got older, my kids started grumbling about town camp. And I was like, yeah, sorry. And and other moms were like, oh, your kids like starting to outgrow town camp. I'm like, no, my kids will not be outgrowing town camp because I need them out of my house from eight to three every day. Just have them move directly into one of my kids is going to be a camp counselor this summer. And believe me, like these needs don't change. Like this is a kid who does really well with structure and being active and Somebody tell me what to do and I'll do it, but I don't want to do nothing. So this kid's going to be a camp counselor. And actually, we live in New York City. So this kid is going to get on a school bus every morning at a particular intersection in New York City, ride the bus with a bunch of kids who are campers, get to camp, be in charge of, uh, I think, second and third graders, and then ride the bus back. Totally stoked from what I hear. Lots of fun counselors. And then that's part one of their day. And then part two, like they're camp counselors with a night off in Manhattan. Who knows what fun could bring? Who knows what shenanigans will ensue? But this is like, this is just always a kid who did great at camp. And I'm like, why, why stop now? Now just work at a camp. Keep busy. Yeah, I think there's definitely a gap between our town camp and when you can be a counselor. I have a kid who for the first time ever completely independently appeared to me. And announced that their only dream on earth was to go to a very specific summer camp that they found and they will be attending. And let me tell you, it looks like heaven. They're gone for three weeks, which I know there are moms out there who are like, three weeks without my baby. I I had always, and I talked about it on the podcast back in the day, we used to always go to Texas, leave our kids in Texas with their grandparents, fly back for two weeks, and then the grandparents would fly them back. So since my kids were basically weaned, we have always spent two weeks in the summer without them in the house. I'm all for it. Like, I'm one of those moms who like the idea of them being away is quite heavenly to me. Also, the idea of them coming home. But I'm not a summer camp person. I never went to summer camp as a kid. I've never had a kid who went to summer camp. My brother and sister and I once went to a ski camp that was sleepaway for six days during a February break. And uh, it was torture. I hated every minute of it. It was terrible. I was like the kid who was like crying and writing and being like, I want to come home. And so I'm fascinated to see how this is going to go, but I'm kind of excited. The only problem with sleepaway camp is I'm like, let's all go to sleepaway camp and then I'll get my free weeks again. It's wildly expensive. Like sleepaway camp is basically like a mini college tuition. I had no idea how expensive sleepaway camp was. I have some data for you on this. Oh, God. It's uh, let me tell you, as a, what do they call that? Anecdotal evidence. It will make you broke. That's what I can say about summer camp. I only have one going. I co- we, there's no way we could send three kids to sleepaway camp. So camp prices have really gone up this summer from last summer and last summer from a couple of years before. And I guess there's two reasons. I'm going to quote the American Camp Association, President Todd Rosenberg. A lot of camps closed during the pandemic. And the ones that did make it are trying to make up for lost revenue. Mm. Well, we're helping, guys. We're helping the American economy. Don't you worry. 
there's a labor market crunch, so it's harder to hire kids. So you have to, like, my kid is being paid pretty well to be a camp counselor this summer because they need counselors and, and they need to pay more if they're going to get. And, and he picked one camp over another based on which one would pay him more. Like, good for him. That's what he should be doing. But camp is expensive. So the average cost of summer camp in the United States is around this can't be right, but this I pulled these these statistics. In 2022, the average cost of summer camp in the United States was around $178 a day. And for sleepaway camp, it was f- over $400 a day. And they're saying these numbers could increase this. Year. That's insane. Wait a minute, Amy. You're going to make me get my calculator out, but I'm doing it. Hold on. Let me think. Let me do some math here. So it's three weeks times seven days times, what did you say? 400? Let's call it $400 a day. 400. Yeah, Yeah, that's more than we're paying for camp. That's about double what we're paying for camp. Good. So uh, yeah, that's about double what we're paying for camp. So we're right in the middle. So yeah, I mean, it's still, I am so oriented to like town camp, $600 for six weeks or whatever. I mean, it was really cheap, our town camp. And so when I see anything with three zeros, I'm like, that is not possible. Yeah. What? Right. But there's nursing staff and and there's all kinds of bells and whistles. And I don't begrudge the camp at all. I'm sure it's a very expensive enterprise. Just for me, it was super sticker shock. In fact, last year, we started looking at summer camp because this came up last year. And I realized that to send three kids and I'm like six weeks summer camp, you can be in for 10 grand. I'm talking about three weeks summer camp times three, which is always the problem with us. I find something and I'm like, okay, that's reasonable, but I have to multiply it by three, at which point it gets ridiculous. And I jokingly said to my husband, we could go to Europe for what we're paying for this. And I was like, let's just take the kids to Europe for one. (laughs) We went to London and Paris for one week. And I don't know, maybe the whole trip was like six to $8,000. It was a fraction of what we would have paid for three weeks of summer camp. And so I was like, we're going to go on this big trip for one week. And the next two weeks, y'all can do anything that's not screened for the other two weeks. And they just, you know, ran around with their friends, rode bikes. That was the brilliant summer where my son invented the game where he and his friends would go to the playground equipment at the middle school and they would play a game called Who Can Stay on the Longest? And they would sit on the playground equipment for like three and a half hours. I was like, that's your camp, guys. Enjoy. That's it. That's how you learn. And guess what it cost me? Zero dollars. Very nice. All right. We'll be back with some real solutions for how to do summer because so far it's just been mostly the kvetching. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. 
Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H dot com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. And now, things you will say this summer. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. No, you can't get ice cream. We've had ice cream three times today already. Did you have sunscreen on? Why hasn't someone invented self-applying sunscreen? No, I'm sorry, spouse. We can't go out to dinner. We've spent all of our money on children's camps. Why did I ever complain about the winter? It's so hot. I need to pack you for camp. I need to pack for our trip to the cabin. I need to pack you for the other camp. My life is packing. My entire life is packing. Yes, we are having frozen pizza again. It's summer. Mommy does not make meals in the summertime. Why did I bring a book to the beach? Why did I ever think I was going to get to read a book at the beach? Why is there sand everywhere? Why is there sand in my bed? Go outside. Summer is for outside. Go. Frolic. Outside. Why does the swim team start at 6 a.m.? I thought summer was for sleeping. When does school start again? This has been Things You Will Say This Summer. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. I wanted to give a vote for sleepaway camp, understanding like this is expensive. Now, there are different kinds of sleepaway camp, right? There's like horseback riding with each individual horse. And there's also, like you said, like town camp, like an overnight, whatever. <laughs> is there horseback riding with different horses? I don't You ride three horses at the same time. I just meant like <laughs> six kids, six, 12 horses. I, I don't know. I'm making that up. Yeah, that would be an expensive camp. Super fancy. But the because I never went to actually I did in fourth grade. I went to a four night sleepaway camp, Camp St. Andrew. Again, this was not thousands of dollars a day. It was the, my first time away from home. I remember I didn't comb or brush my hair for the whole time. <laughs> We're is... talking like get there on a Monday, go home on a Friday. Yeah. And that was my like, I loved this, these four days of my life. And do you know why? Because I didn't comb my hair the whole time. I loved it and felt like that, you know, I had this huge growth thing, but I never had my kids go away for like, I never went away for weeks and my kids have each done it. And it's a big step, but like they're at summer camp. It's the safest place to do it. And they have forced time off screens with peers, right? Because that's always the problem. Like you tell your kids, like, put the phones down. But if the kid next door has his phone and is sitting there, then what is your kid supposed to do? Right. Or the cousins or whatever. Like everybody has to have no phones in order for no phones to work. And it's fantastic. If you can swing it, it's worth getting past the discomfort of like, I can't believe I'm sending my little one away. 
I don't have any problem with that. I just can't believe how much it absolutely costs. Like, And I do think one of the things that my child is studying at their summer camp is automotive repair. That's amazing. And so I'm very much considering this an investment in our financial future. Like no more car repair bills because my child will be out in the garage fixing up the cars. I used to be a camp counselor when I was in college. Again, I didn't do this myself, but then when I was in college, I went to a, I taught at a camp called Exploration, just a sort of a, like a learning is fun camp. And you live in college dorms, which weren't air conditioned, but you were like in a dorm, you weren't in a tent. So I was, it was kind of medium glamping. Anyway, we were supposed to sort of like make up what classes we taught the kids. And I was almost always teaching acting, dancing, something like that. But I do remember one of the guys taught a class where and we had sort of 15 hours with the kids. So like my dance class was from two to three every weekday, that kind of thing. So we had, you had 15 hours total for these classes. So my class like did a dance at the end of the 15 hours. His class, he showed up the first day he managed to collect and acquire and bring with him 10 broken lawnmowers. <laughs> and over 15 hours, they fixed the lawnmowers. And then their like big like class performance in the last day was like them like, you know, showing the lawnmowers work now. Incredible. And I will say this. It's going to be a large and overarching statement that I don't truly believe in. But I do think that there is a degree to which summer is not for learning. I do think it's for learning the other, other things. things. Other you know? things. Yes. Yeah. It's for learning, but it doesn't necessarily. Now, that being said, I have kids who struggle a little bit academically and two of the weeks of their summer will be academic stuff in order to try to keep them on pace. So I don't really believe in that. But I do think that the idea of like, Summer is part of the race towards college. And like, if you're not learning like international finance or, you know, off on some like trip that's going to look amazing on your resume for college and or skip that. Like I do, the best thing your kid could possibly do this summer is learn to repair a lawnmower. Like that's, that's an incredible skill. And I a hundred percent believe in that. I also think. A great thing for your kid to do this summer is hang out on the playground equipment and chat with friends for four hours while they have a competition about who will be the last one to get off the playground equipment. I think that a lot of the learning and the growth that happens in summer is that it is freedom from the structure of school and figuring out who they are outside of that structure, figuring out what their interests are and going out and pulling together baseball games in the park or basketball games. We're obviously talking about older kids at this point, but I am all for like summer exploration. And I think some camps do a really good job of that. But I think sometimes it feels like, oh my gosh, summer has just become part of the race towards greatness. And like, there's no goal out there that's greatness. And so I'm very much team. I mean, we concentrate a lot on reading in the summer and I do make my kids. And let me tell you, I was just found our journals from our RV trip and half of one of my kids' journals is like, I am only writing this because mom is making me. They are bitter journalers, my kids, but I do make them keep... I'm like, if we're going on a trip, you have to keep a journal just so that they're sitting and reflecting and thinking about it a little bit. I throw a little learning in there, but it's not necessarily like we have to stay on the race and the pace. 
That's like a skill and competency, right? That's what my high schoolers, like head of school principal would call that. It's a skill and competency they're learning. It's self-reflection that that's the goal, not to have a beautiful journal at the end of it or not to whatever do this. Yeah. And I also think that like my six-year-old figuring out how to go get an ice cream and make the correct change at the snack bar at the pool is learning. And my eight-year-old figuring out how to ride his bike and find the ice cream store and giving them a map and letting them go get their own ice cream in the little beach town where there's not a ton of traffic, like figuring out where learning can happen in the summer that is... Uh, like organic somehow is really good, you know? Yes. Figuring out how to climb a tree is learning. That's, that's the thing. And it doesn't have to be like, I'm thinking about the sort of mom fluencer. Like we're all going to go off, like swinging our basket into the woods to pick blackberries. Like you actually, you don't have to go with them. You don't have to be there every minute. It does minute. not have to involve a linen dress or a floppy hat on your part. Exactly. It does have to involve, when you have kids under five, a lot of supervision, which is frustrating and annoying. But it also involves naps at that age, which is <laughs> nice because you get to take one too, you know? Then you have to do, I do think with kids under five, you do have to structure the day. It's like morning, we go to the town pool. Then we all take a nap. Afternoon, we watch a movie during the hot part of the day. And at night, we do a ice cream bar or whatever. You do have to kind of make the days happen when you have kids under five, which is annoying. And yet it's a season. But the branding is like, it's so easy, right? They'll go along with you. I was just sitting next to my two-year-old nephew at dinner last weekend and was reminded once again of the importance of never interrupting a little kid who is happy doing what they're doing. Oh, so say this, it again, Amy, because this is a big rule of yours and this is a great summer rule. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's working. It's working right now. So I'm sitting next to this two-year-old at the restaurant. We don't really have enough for him to do. And it, we've been sitting there for 20 minutes and they haven't even taken our order yet. Like this, uh-oh, this is not necessarily going to go very well. Right. You're like, we're in trouble. They brought over the placemat and the crayons and he's throwing the crayons and you know that he's two we're in the danger zone we're in the danger zone and he kind of went for my glass of water and you know his mom my sister-in-law was like you know oh, oh don't let him get them I'm like you know what i'm gonna hold it i'm gonna let him i won't let him take it but i'll let him you know he took us a, a fork and started stirring my glass of water and she was like oh i'm so you know sorry like should we get you know i'm like I, it's definitely totally fine this Little boy sat there and stirred my glass of water with a fork. I mean, 40 minutes. I mean, so happily for the longest time, stopping, looking at it, looking at the fork, thinking about it, stirring again. And definitely my instinct, not just his mom's instinct, but mine too, was like, oh, we shouldn't have a fork. Oh, we shouldn't have a water glass. I'm sitting there anyway. So I'm like, let me very carefully observe this and not say or do anything. And of all things, right, a fork and a water glass, this kid was so happy for the longest time. So it, it'll be redirected. I am babysitting a six-year-old and a two-year-old this summer for a week. And so I will be uh, coming back to that advice very often. I'm a little rusty on my little kid skills, so I'll be really needing that. Yeah, don't... You just fight the instinct to be like, oh, look, oh, look over here. What do I have here? Just, just let them do what they're doing if they're happy. Yeah, and I will say I did find water 
to be, I got a water table from somewhere, but even just a storage bin full of water, be careful with kids, any kids around water, even a small amount of water, but a bucket of water and three cups, that's like an hour of entertainment (laughs) for a five-year-old. You do have to sit there and watch them because they could fall in. Water is dangerous. You have to watch kids constantly around it. But I did find that like anything that involved water would buy me an hour. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're cooling off at the same time. Yeah. And like moving water between cups, you find a shady spot, bucket of water and three cups, you're in for an hour. (laughs) And you can't always predict those things. Like you could set up the cups in the shade and like it doesn't always work, right? If you sort of stage and I'm big on like stage something to do. Oh, yes. Let's be clear that anytime you say anything will work with children, it might not. Right. Right. That might be a lie. But then the hose, right? The, the hose watering the flowers might turn into like an afternoon and then now they're watering the driveway. But but whatever. That's what will get us through this summer. Whatever. Love it. Hey, friends. Just reminding you about What Fresh Hell Plus. It's our subscription model. You pay by the month and you get ad-free episodes, our entire catalog of like 600 plus episodes now, all ad-free, plus monthly bonus episodes. This month's bonus is about our hobbies, our randomest, weirdest hobbies. Lots to learn. The phrase decoupage (laughs) is used, people. Decoupage. How could you stay away from that? You'll learn absolutely (laughs) nothing and you'll like it. So there are two easy ways to sign up for What Fresh Hell Plus. You can do it. We'll put a link in the episode in the show notes of this episode or just go to our website, whatfreshhellpodcast.com. It's right there in the sidebar. Love it. And we want to thank all of our listeners with a special shout out to Thomas and James, our favorite little listeners of the day. Friends, hope you are rolling into summer with a smile. Don't forget, it's hot. Yeah, it's hot. It's dry heat though. And with that, have a good day. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was 
steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.